0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Camp. Trust your audio to Camp. Sound thinking. Back at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. Besides being tired, how you doing? Because I know we were talking about that before show. We're both exhausted. Eh, I'm all right. Just been a long week. Yes, yes it has. No matter how you look at it. Mm. Even with a four-day weekend, it's been a long week. Mm -hmm. So, um... Check out our homepage, Webegeeks.net. I know I gotta get caught up again. I hear you guys. Trust me, <laughs> I do. Um, with uh, but check out the homepage on the right hand side. The is our partners and affiliates, uh, like Bitty Boomers. Um, use the code WeebieGeeks for fifteen percent off your purchase at any time. Uh, also, to check out uh, Heroes and Villains, apparently our code WeebieGeeks, all one word, is still good for ten percent off your first purchase. They got some great stuff there. <laughs> um, I have two of their backpacks. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of stuff from them over the years because uh, they they were the Star Wars loot crate we got a couple years ago was all. From them, which was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So uh, superhero stuff's on there as well. Uh, go check out their hero boxes. Some great stuff as well. You grabbed one in the past, right? Spider Man one. No. We were going to. No, I was going to because they had that great yeah. sweatsh- They had that great sweatshirt. Yeah, but I think it sold out before I got a chance to, or so, something like that. Yeah. So um, well, it's been crazy. Oh. I don't know about your job, my job. As we all know, I work at a theme park. <laughs> Universal went 100 percent capacity this week or this past week, depending oh, on wow. Um, Disney has not yet, but of course, Universal, Disney, uh, SeaWorld here in town here in Orlando are all 100 if you're fully vaccinated, of course, they're going to rely on honor system. You don't. <laughs> the only place you have to wear a mask is on transportation. So mm-hmm. bus, monorail, boat, skyliner—you have to wear you. Ha- you have to wear a face mask. Other than that, you could go um, indoors, outdoors with no mask. At the parks, at least at Disney. I think SeaWorld's been that way for a while, and I think Universal has been, but I can't speak for them. Uh, I, I can say Disney because it's been announced. Well, that leads me to uh, the story from the L.A. Times uh, to start off. Disneyland reveals which COVID era changes will stay and which will go once everything is back to normal. Because, one, well, California lifted most of its COVID safety restrictions this back on June 15th. Um, according to Josh Diomario, or D- yeah, Diomario or Josh Gamaro, uh, who is the chairman of Parks Experiences and Products. On Thursday, he said, um, I don't want to say we're going to go back to the way it was. Uh, I want to be really smart in the way we do this. This is an actual quote from him, so I'm not jeopardizing my job in any way. I mean, this is from the L.A. Times. Go find it on the, in their business section. Um, I mean, it's public, public knowledge with his quotes. Uh, it looks like the reservation system that was adopted to manage visitor numbers... Um, is probably going to stay along with the virtual queuing system. that was designed to give park goers a shot at popular attractions like Web Slingers and Rise of Resistance. Um, back in January, they canceled the annual pass program out there, which experts blame for some of the park's crowding problems, which I didn't know mm. California had crowding problems. Uh, but will re- be replaced... With a membership program that will quote unquote reflect the behavior of our super fans and more details of that are coming soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, um, yeah, the story continues. Apparently their nighttime firework shows will return July 4th. Ours here in Florida are returning July 1st. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, so although many attractions are still offline, the parks are, has welcomed pre-pandemic sized crowds in the days since the state restrictions are lifted. So basically they're seeing the crowds, they're seeing crowds at the normal capacity that or normal attendance that we usually see for this time of year. Uh, wait times for most, for the most popular rides, such as Indiana Jones, Star Wars Rise of Resistance, Space Mountain, climb to more than 70 minutes Thursday afternoon. Wow. (laughs) When the family, when we went to Magic Kingdom on the 14th, we did a 70-minute wait for Splash Mountain. It felt more like 60 minutes or less. So... Uh, but the lines move quicker see here in Florida I hope we don't bring back fast pass Lines move quicker without it and if they do anything do a pay for do like Universal does where you could buy an all-day fast pass type thing and you know it's limited mm-hmm. to say maybe it's limited to 1500 for the day or maybe 5000 for the day so you have to get it early but they're expensive and you buy it per person not for family. And they could run like hundred and fifty bucks per person. Wow. I'm not sure I'm not sure of the actual pricing, but you did something like that. Yeah, you are still gonna get some fast pass, but the but it's not gonna be as out of control as it was previously. Fast pass process was a oh it was a pain in the butt. It really was. You can only get three fast passes. I thought it made everything it did not make it. I thought it was supposed to make it better. It did initially when you could only get one at a time and you had to wait an hour after to get a second one. So if you went and got a fast pass for the ride, you really wanted first thing in the morning and was lucky to get an early time. You go back during your window, get done an hour after you've ridden the ride, you could go get another fast pass somewhere. Mm -hmm. Problem was happening. Some locations when it was a popular ride, fast passes for the day would be gone by noon. What's the chance you run? Mm -hmm. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Then they went to, well, if you've booked a vacation and you have your tickets, you, you can book your fast passes, uh, 60 or 90 days out from your trip. Oh, I see. But you can only book three at a time or three for for a day, Mm -hmm. which ended up, I think being kind of the average that you were getting the old way with the paper tickets. Well, Mm -hmm. people were complaining about that too. It's like, sorry. And one of the fast passes could be a a character meet and greet if it's a popular character spot. Mm. Oh, Elsa and Anna, popular. That's a fast pass right there. So you, get, you can end up doing your day getting fast pass tickets. If you have a young girl doing fast pass tickets for the princesses and never ride a ride. And then you're in standby for a ride the whole day. Yeah, it's huh. it's wild. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, how the parks are going to change. So I'll be curious to see how California or how um, Universal is affected, especially now that Universal Orlando is supposedly capacity back to back to normal. So hmm. um, how do you how do you do this part? Cause we we really haven't done it much on this show, but this week there there's three and uh i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna since you have more experience covering this <laughs> than than I um and I think we're we're gonna try and be better about it. um I'll let you introduce this segment well, it can be hard because sometimes you to keep track of all you know you might oh yeah you, you might miss one or two but anyway, so on my other podcast Keepers of the fringe. We have a little segment that we call Keeper condolences, and uh, basically, we—that's when you know s- somebody that was important in our life kind of passed away. Not not important, but like like a big celebrity that right. that really affected us. So we just you know we just mention them and and offer our condolences. Well, as you said, Mike, there have been three. Yeah, so three. three uh, Pa- that have passed away this week so we we could go with what geeky condolences we could geeky farewells we can we can work on it <laughs> geeky goodbyes oh that's not bad I think this sounds like it it may be a Twitter poll <laughs> see it works with the keepers condolences because of the alliteration I th- I think since you kind of hugged on it as well forget the poll we'll just do geeky goodbyes so this is our geeky goodbyes because all these people were all involved in the geek culture Mm. um so i guess we'll start off with the first one ned Beatty. yeah that was a big shock yes uh made his film debut you know the film yeah uh um I'm having a brain fart on the title. Yeah, squeal like a pig when you hear Deliverance. Deliverance. That's a de- <laughs> totally totally had a brain fart on that name for some reason. And that was with uh, Burt Reynolds too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He yep. was an all-star cast. And of course, he was in the Superman franchise. Mm, yes, he was. I loved his role in Superman. I think that's when (laughs) I first knew who he was, Uh, because 72, Um, 72, I wasn't old enough for Deliverance. No. So 78 Superman would have been my first thing. Yeah, probably mine, too. I don't remember offhand, but. Um, He passed away from natural causes, uh, surrounded by his family and loved ones, which is always good to hear that his family and loved ones were with him. Uh I always, yes. I like this statement as well, uh which is the way it should be for a lot of these celebrities. His family has decided to keep details private at this time. Yeah. Yes, perfect. Uh I did not know this. He is a he is a fellow hillbilly like myself. <laughs> he was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, I did pronounce that right. Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. I was born a little further West in Mayfield, Kentucky. So fellow huh. hillbilly, huh. um, he got his start in theater in the 1960s before making his film debut in deliverance. Uh, it was a memorable debut opposite Burt Reynolds and John Voight. Uh, two huh. years later, he earned an Oscar nomination for his supporting role in network. Oh yeah. And then came along his role of Otis in Superman. <laughs> uh, other notable big screen credits he was the voice of Lotso in Toy Story 3, Dardis in uh, All oh, the President's yeah. Men, Senator hmm. Charles Meacham in Shooter. Wait, Shooter. Is that the one with Mark Wahlberg where he plays a former army sniper? I'm not sure. I'm looking this up. It is 2007 uh, plot of the movie. Um, us Marine recon sniper, uh, is on a mission in Ethiopia when a spotter or f- with his spotter friend, um, his friend gets killed. In the firefight, but he gets out, uh, retires. The, the cast for this is Mark Wahlberg as gunny Sergeant Bob, Bob Lee Swagger, Michael Penna, as special agent, Nick Memphis, <laughs> which he is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. Danny Glover as Colonel Isaac Johnson. Kate Mara as Sarah Finn. Um, Ned Beatty as Senator Charles F. Meacham. Uh, There's a few others. Lesser known, but it's a a great film. If you haven't seen it, it's worth watching at least once. It's one that... Mm -hmm. I, I, depending on on what's going on channel surfing wise, it's one that I'll stop and watch for a little bit. Uh, he played the sheriff in the 2003 film adaptation of where the red, red fern grows. Um, he also played Rudy's father in Rudy Um, as well, which I'm surprised that's not mentioned in this. Um, Two big TV roles uh, included two season run in the mid '90s, Homicide: Life on the Street as a Baltimore police detective, and he played in six episodes, Dan Connor's father in Roseanne, <laughs> which he was perfect for. Yeah. Absolutely perfect for. Um, so up next in our geeky goodbyes, Frank Bonner, star of WKRP in Cincinnati and saved by the bell. Uh He played Herb Tarlick in the 70s sitcoms. Yes, it was, At it f- was fantastic. At first, I thought um, they said I thought they were referring to Les Nessman. No. But because they kept mentioning the plaid jackets, I'm like, wait, Les didn't have the plaid jackets. Les was always about where's the bandaid or where's the injury? There was that game Mm -hmm. in every episode. Um, Frank had had died Wednesday, uh, the 16th, uh, due to complications to Louis body dementia, according to his wife. He was 79. Mm -hmm. Uh, He began acting in the eight in the 70s. Uh, when he acted in the supernatural cult film Equinox. Uh, but his biggest role was on the CBS sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, I, now I see why well, I remember him on Saved by the Bell. He was on Saved by the Bell, The New Class. Ah, well, they don't specify that, the headline. Misleading mm-hmm. headline. Um, but my f- fa- do you have a favorite WKRP episode? Oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, I don't know. Of course, you know, there's the turkey one. That one's always a classic. Where they're throwing turkeys out of the helicopter. That That's probably my all-time favorite. Yeah. Because just the way that whole thing was done is like, mm-hmm. it is the most memorable. I, I did used to love that show with when I was a kid. Oh, just hearing about him passing away makes me want to go back and watch... Some episodes again. Mm. I wish it was in syndication yeah. around here. I don't know. It, it just makes you wonder: is is it outdated, time wise, and subject matter wise? Well, I mean, I mean, it, it'd be like trying to syndicate all in the family and the Jeffersons. Now you om, you almost can't, or or Mel Brook films. You almost can't. I don't think WKRP in Cincinnati was that way. I just think maybe no, st- but- maybe. Topics of the day are outdated, but it'll still be fun to watch. Yeah. So think of it as a period piece. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Bonner played Herb for all four seasons of the show. Uh, resonated with the fans. Um, Toronto radio host John Deringer tweeted, can't count the number of times someone walked into our cells, into our station cells office and said, so is there a Herb Tarlick around here? The answer has been, yes, a perfect character. <laughs> um, local DJ here, when they mentioned it, said uh, he probably has gone through 20 in his 30 something years with this radio station he's gone through at least 20 different herb tarlicks at the radio station here. Mm. So uh he directed several episodes of both the original run of WkRP in Cincinnati and the revival, the new WKRP in Cincinnati mm. as well as episodes of Say by the Bell where he is also a recurring uh, the new class where he was the recurring role of the country club manager Mr. Harrington. Uh, his other directing credits include Family Ties, Who's the Boss, Head of the Class, which was with wow. another uh, um yes. Another uh KRP. Alum. Yeah. Uh Just the Ten of Us. Huh. Evening Shade and Harry and the Henderson's. Wow. He is survived by his wife of nearly fifteen years, and his daughter's Desiree and her wife, Mona. Hey. Uh DeAndra. My cousin I have a cousin named Desiree. She doesn't have a wife named Mona, does she? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Deandra and her husband, Matt, his sons, Justin and Matthew, seven grandchildren and one great grandchild. Uh, And then uh, this today before we recorded uh, being Friday the 18th, actor John Paragon passes away at age 66. You're wondering who is John Paragon? He is best known for the role of Jombie the Genie on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yes. Uh, Cause of death at the moment is not clear. Um, But he appeared on the stage show originally developed by Paul Rubens, which was an HBO special, if I remember right, as well. Yes. Well, they revived it it when it became an HBO special. All-star cast then. A lot more raunchy than the actual Peewee's play out. Mm. What the movies mm-hmm. and the and the TV show came about to be. Yes. Um, but I mean, it was funny. Yeah. It, it was funny. Um, see if I could get a cast list for the Peewee Herman show. Oh, it was... Oh, there were, this list is amazing. Uh, Paul Rubens, John Paragon, mm-hmm. Nicole Patter, Lynn Marie Stewart, uh, Monica Gannis, Edie McClurg, uh-huh. who we know from Ferris Bueller, Phil Hartley. Mm-hmm. Yes. John Moody, uh-huh. uh, Tito Laveria or Lariva La- as Hammy, um, Joan mm-hmm. Leisman as Joan. I thought there was more, but I did not realize on the. Go ahead. On the T V show? Yeah. No, on the movie special. Uh the oh, okay. the, the Pee Wee Herman Show, All which right. was the HBO special. Yeah. Um but I didn't know that uh Phil Hartman was part of the Groundlings. Yep. So, um, of course, Paragon played the role for Pee-wee's Playhouse, which ran from 86 to 1990. Uh, He also wrote and directed several episodes of The Children's Show, including the 1988 Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas Special, which together earned him five Emmy nominations over the years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, in 2010, he reprised the role of Jombie once again for the Broadway revival of the Pee Wee Herman stage show. Uh, he also appeared in several other TV shows, including Cheer, Seinfeld, and Elvira's movie Macabre. Mm. Uh, He also co-wrote the film spinoff Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Other film credits include Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Echo Park, and The Frog Prince. Uh, Recently, Paragon worked with Walt Disney Imagineering to find ways to incorporate improv performances into attractions at theme parks, according to his biography on the Groundlings website. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Now, I'm going to look up the cast for Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Playhouse cast was, cast and crew, uh, Paul Rubens, Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis. In his first big role, I believe. Yep. Uh, Captain Carl was Phil Hartman for the first season. Um, Mm -hmm. Mary, Lynn Marie Stewart as Miss Yvonne. Ah, Miss Yvonne. Um, S. Apatha Merksen as a mail carrier. She was Mm -hmm. the mail lady. Uh, King of Cartoons, first season was Gilbert Lewis, mm. followed by William H. Marshall. Mm. Uh, Tito, who was a first season only character, was Roland Rodriguez. Uh, Ricardo was Victor, Victor Vino. Uh, Mrs. Steve was Shirley Stoller. Mrs. Mm. Renee, Suzanne Kent. Dixie, who was first season only, was Joanne Carlo. The Playhouse gang, first season was Natasha Leone, Sean Weiss, Diane Yang. Second season, Von Tree Jelks, Allison Porter, and Stephanie Walski. Mm. And then puppets and other characters. John Paragon is Jombie. Allison Monk played a couple roles. Um, For seasons one and three through five, John Paragon was the voice of of, uh, Petrie, the pterodon. Really? Yeah. I did not realize that. Uh, Gregory Harrison uh, for one season. Kevin Carlson did some stuff. Um, Yeah. So interesting there. Definitely uh, geeky buys to Ned Beatty. Uh, Frank Bonner and John Paragon you will be missed uh so i guess um oh another name we forgot Lisa Baines who was in her, the movie Gone Girl uh died from her injuries from a hit and run accident from that happened in New York City oh yeah yeah i heard about that one uh John Gabriel, who was a soap star, passed away this week as well. Uh, Ned Beatty. Um, and I guess to cover June, Ernie Lively, Blake Lively's dad, hmm. and also passed away. Um, Clarence Williams, the third. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going back and hitting. So, yeah, that's it for June. I'm not going to go back and hit the other rest of these <laughs> for the rest of the year. It's just too many, but I may just save this um so we have it for later so uh i guess let's hit some let's start off by hitting some anime news first den of geek gives us what's the best way to watch the original gundam since there's a compilation of gundam films headed to netflix mm. um, yes very cool but are they the definite, a definitive version for the first series in the franchise? I think so. Uh, starting June 18th, hey, today as we're recording, Mobile Suit Gun, Gundam 1, Mobile Suit Gundam 2, Soldiers of Sorrow, and Mobile Suit Gundam 3 Encounters in Space will be available on Netflix. Hmm. Uh, these three films are compilation movies f- made up mostly of footage from the original gundam series uh with some new animation thrown in it condensed the series down from 42 episodes to, th- to three fairly lengthy movies each over two hours with three movies being less of a commitment many fans old and new may wonder if the films are ease an easier alternative to experiencing the story of mobile suit gundam uh do the movies cut out the filler and get right to the point or do they have enough time to really impart with what made Gundam so beloved in the first place. This is going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. but it's been so long since I watched the original Gundam. I couldn't, I know, tell, I couldn't tell you. Uh, so take, for example, episode 14 of the series, this guy gets specific, which is completely <laughs> skipped in the films. On paper, this is a filler episode. A group of Zeon soldiers hide bombs on the Gundam and Amuro... Has to remove them before they go off. It's never brought up again. Another nothing major is ever introduced. So don't know. I, I don't want to get. I mean, they mentioned um, they mentioned something else, but a few other things. But I don't know. Either watch the films and and take it as an abridged version of the series with fillers rem- with all the yeah with all the the non important stuff removed. Or go back and watch the original shows and then watch the movies afterwards just for the sake of watching the movies. (laughs) But I did find out Gotcha Man, just Mm -hmm. like they did a live-action space battleship Yamamoto, Mm -hmm. there is a live-action Gotcha Man movie. No kidding. And it's all all subtitled. Mm -hmm. So um, to continue on, funmation announces first additions to a summer 2021 anime lineup so funmation uh has added to their streaming service which is a great another great streaming service to get anime products uh, as our spring schedule winds down to an end and as each series has been airing their final episodes now it's time to look ahead to what july will bring uh, one difference this year compared to summer 2020, however, is that this summer we'll also see new debuts in theaters as well as the streaming hits. So the anime Funmation Breakdown lineup is as such. Sunny Boy Remain. Sunny Boy. Not familiar with these. No. Uh, the case study of Vanitas. Mm. How a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom. Hmm. <laughs> Natsumi, Yuncho, Ishioki to Ayashiki Rehusha. Yeah. (laughs) And the Scarlet Nexus. Other notable additions include the upcoming addition to the classic TV series and film entries for the Robotech franchise. Robotech. I have this, I have Funmation on my Roku app or on my Roku device. I I just need to dive back in. I just need to dive into it. Uh, Streaming releases of the popular films Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie uh, Mugen Train, and The Stranger by the Shore. And teases for upcoming theatrical releases such as Josie, The Tiger and the Fish, and Sing a Bit of Harmony. Mm -hmm. Uh, these new additions are on top of current ongoing series, such as... You want to take a guess on this first one? Mm, nope. One Piece. Hey. Oh, yeah. uh, the time that I... Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, season two, part <laughs> two. My Hero Academia, season five, and more. <laughs> so... Cool, and then Avatar: The Last Airbender McFarling toys are now on sale. Let's <sighs> um, just show that that I haven't actually watched, but I want to. I I enjoyed the Last Airbender movie. Even I mean, I was entertained, even though it was only a third of what the what the actual franchise was. Mm. If, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, M Night Night, Shyamalan, ding dong. Well, yeah, (laughs) didn't do the the series justice, but gave us a decent interpretation of the characters. Mm. He just failed to deliver. Um, So it's an exciting time for Avatar: The Last Bender, Last Airbender fans. First and foremost, a new production studio has been launched. With the original creators to develop anime shows and movies. Netflix is also moving forward with their live action series. Now, Interesting. To, now to top it all off, McFarlane Toys has released a magnificent collection of figures that have just gone up for pre order. So I guess Bandai will not be getting these. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they don't say what size they are. Oh, uh, yeah. Indeed, pre orders for Aang. Katara, Soka, Suko, and Appa the Sky Bison, which is a five-inch scale. Uh, these are five-inch scale figures, are live on Walmart now. Uh, mm-hmm. Aang, Aang is $9.99. Aang with Glider is $14.99. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone else except for Appa is also $9.99. Appa is $19.99. Those are some decent prices. Yeah. Uh McFarlane debuted the wave via stream. You can check it out on his Twitter. Uh if these are five inch figures, um, apparently they're gonna ship October or August third. If these are five inch figure, five inch scale figures, nine ninety nine. I mean, can we start talking about lowering the cost of some of these six inch figures? Yeah, really. Um, I mean, I know we've talked with Cisco about the pricing. Uh, with them, but I think with the anime heroes, in the detail and everything you'd get with them, 1999 with them is about what you expect for Bandai. Yeah. But for McFarlane and Hasbro uh, and, and Mattel, there's no reason why you can't take these back down to to ten bucks, mm-hmm. and let us drop the pricing on the three and three quarter inch sound too. Yeah. And believe me, I got a lot of catching up on that on the three sites as well from Hasbro with all their releases this week. (laughs) Man, they've been flooding me. I just haven't been able to get caught up. So, um, speaking of Hasbro, Superman Marvel Legends retro Sandman figure is up for pre-sale. Nice. Uh, Marvel Legends is the six inch line. Uh, the retro is where it looks like the what would have been the three and three quarter inch figures on a. But it's a six inch on what would have been the old retro three and three quarter. Sort of like what Hasbro was doing with um, the Black Series for the Lucas 50th right with with the uh clone war set now with the power of force 2 set that just came out that just got announced um so uh the archive set i really wasn't on a retro card but they're carded not in boxed so uh so marvel legends sandman is the um the next next one out on the toy biz style card uh right now you can get it on Entertainment Earth. I mean, it looks cool, but it's not one that I'm interested in. But it features uh William Baker with an alternate sandblasted head and alternate sand weapon hands, like a giant fist and a mace. Mm-hmm. It's a great addition to the series, which has included Superman villains like Kingpin, Mysterio, Webman, J. Superman. Jonah, oh, Spider-Man, sorry. <laughs> um... I have read Spider-Man, but my brain said Superman. Uh, <laughs> but Spider-Man villains such as Kingpin, Mysterio, uh, Webman, J. John Jameson, and Black Cat. Nice. The Mysterio retro figure looks awesome. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I didn't see what Kingpin looked like. Kingpin's not bad. Webman. Hmm. Who's what I don't Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like reverse reverse spider-man i didn't realize Webman was a villain shows you how long it's been uh also too on a related note marvel legend figures um introduced a new set including a shirtless wolverine surrounded by villains (laughs) omega red cyber kalisto and john weingard aka mastermind uh for a amazon exclusive but you can order pre-order right now for 120 at $120.99. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's all. And finally, the Age of Apocalypse Wave 2 is also available featuring Magneto, Rogue, Cyclops, Sabretooth, Shadowcat, Iceman, and Legion. But those were announced a while ago. So, uh Matthew McConaughey is in the news. We're not talking about governor of Texas. Uh, apparently he was offered a major role in the last of us. And he turned it down. Hmm. Wow. So why would you do that? I don't know. Uh, right now we do know who the two biggest characters are in the adaptation. Ellie and Joel uh, playing the former is Bella Ramsey. Who is Bella Ramsey? You know, that a- actress there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's only 17. Mm-hmm. What has she been in? Uh, she played Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. Ah. Oh, oh, That's the younger uh, sister, right? No. Oh, was that the the queen they go to to visit? Yeah. Um, she was in the movie The Worst Witch or the series? Uh, she was in Judy. Um, so he would know her for more switch. Sure. So those those are the big ones. And uh, Pedro Pascal is uh, playing Joel. So should be an interesting series. Yeah. It's an interesting game. Uh, what gets even more interesting is if reports are to believe, be believed late star. My here. Shala Ali was also considered for the role before Pascal. Um, hmm. But it's unclear if Ali was preferred to McConaughey. Whatever the case, Pascal is playing the role. And McConaughey was, I guess, offered and turned down probably a couple different roles at this point. What this may be. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then uh, a little bit of an announcement of who's going to get stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2022. Yes, very cool. Uh, the announcement was made to today, yesterday, on June seventeenth, of who would be getting the uh, their stars. New additions include the general herself, or but she'll always be a princess to us, Carrie Fisher. Yes, I'm you know, surprised she didn't already have one. Because she did not have one before she died, she had to wait. Uh, there was a waiting period because I remember they're they're going. They should she should be on the Walk of Fame, and they said because she had passed away, there was a waiting period because they did the same thing with someone else. Some someone else, the same thing. I had uh, uh, Norman Reedus. Uh, yes, uh, Academy did. I'm surprised this person didn't already have it. Academy Award winner Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, It's surprising. So, okay. So for motion pictures, Francis Ford Coppola, Macaulay Culkin, (laughs) Willem Dafoe, Selma Hayek, James Hong, Helen Hunt, Michael B. Jordan, Regina King, Gray Leota, Ewan McGregor, Adam McKay, Jason Momoa, Tessa Thompson, and Carrie Fisher. Wow. I can't believe some of these people didn't already have one. Yep. In television, Byron Allen, really? <laughs> uh Greg Greg Berlanti, Ricky Travas. Mm. ah, nice. Peter Krause, Robert Odenkirk, uh-huh. Holly Holly Robinson, Pete Norman Reedus, Tracy Ellie Ellis Ross, Gene huh. Smart, Ming-Na Wen, and Keenan wow. Thompson. Hey, cool, Ming-Na Wen, nice. In recording, Black Eyed Peas, Georgie Clinton Jr. Ashanti Douglas, DJ Khalid, Avril Levine, Los Hurricanes del Norte. <laughs> they are like a Mexican rock band. They are awesome. I think I heard them on I used to watch a show called Lucha Underground. And it, it definitely um very scripted. Well, you were you were with me when we had uh Martin Casal on, right? Marty the Moth, the pro wrestler. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and he said, you know, Yeah, the wrestling was real, but it was a show about wrestling. It wasn't a wrestling show, if you remember. Oh, yeah. yeah, Because of all the storylines and subplot. I mean, it it was great. I loved it. Um, They were featured uh, on one of the weeks, I believe. Uh, Martha Reeves and Nipsey Hussle uh, for live theater, live performance. Hey, LaPone. Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. And yeah, and Billy Davis Jr. And Angelica Vale for radio, Richard blade and for sports entertainment, Michael Strahan. Mm. So kudos to all of you. A hearty. congrats. Yes. yes. So, uh, some really, really well-deserved ones there. Yeah. Some that should have already been there. <laughs> yes. So, um, any final thoughts? Covered a lot. I got nothing. You got nothing. All I got is. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weebie Geeks production. I smell mutiny, and not just because I'm wearing a cologne called Mutiny.